Welcome to Manager Tools. Today's topic, your direct resumes. Here we go. Today we're going to talk about when we recommend a manager consider their direct resumes. Now, originally, when you were first writing this, we were going to talk about when the direct job was in danger. But right. you, <laughs> I guess you, you discovered talking to managers that they weren't aware of, of, yeah. of being able to talk to their, their directs about their resume when their job was in danger. And there are a bunch of other times they might, might want to be interested in it. Yeah, somebody, I suggested that you needed to, a manager needed to suggest their resume, suggest their direct to get the resume ready. And the manager's like, I didn't even know I would ever talk to my direct about the <laughs> resumes. And, and look, there's a reason for that because managers think of resumes as being a way to leave where you are. So why would a manager bring it up? But in fact, I, I was stunned. I thought, geez, you got to tell them that they need their resume if they're really struggling. And then I realized, oh, <laughs> there are a bunch of other times as well that I, I took for granted and others take, it's not just me, but others take for granted that managers need to be able to look at their direct resumes, not because you want them to leave, but because there's information on there that's valuable. So there, there are six times, I mean, it's literally off the top of my head that I know I would want to see one of my direct resumes and where I recommend managers look at them. They are interviewing. Okay, guys, no, no brainer there, although some managers don't uh, in detail. The second is succession planning. Obviously, again, let's make sure we understand everything our direct has done, particularly if they've got 15 years experience and only five with you. Before we start thinking about what else they can do in the organization, what they're ready now or ready next for. Promotion, because you may have information on there that would be helpful in terms of the case you're making for promotion. Steel cage deathmatch meetings, right? If you're going to go in a layoff or if there are a limited number of opportunities, you need to know the entire background of your directs. The last two are the two that started the whole conversation, which is number one, if one of your directs makes a big mistake. Look, if they make a big mistake and they're at risk, you need to do them the courtesy to let them know that their resume may be needed in the near term. And some directs just get stunned and scared and alone and, and fearful and don't do anything. They're paralyzed. And that's not good. Uh, that makes for a tougher transition away for them. And that means for you too. And then lastly, late stage coaching, which they may have in fact had plenty of, of, of guidance that, hey, things are tough. And we, we recommend you tell them that in our guidance there for somebody who's really struggling. And they may be ignoring it. Cognitive dissonance is very easy when one's job is in danger. That's the six. So let's talk about interviewing first. And you said that that should be pretty obvious. But, you know, frankly, I know some managers who expect HR to review a direct resume. And then the manager barely looks at it. Yeah, uh, I, I think those a lot of those are the managers who have their own way of interviewing. And they're like, well, I'll just ask a bunch of technical questions or I'll see whether or not I like the guy. But that's... That's not the way to do it. We, we need to be looking at the jobs that someone has had and how well they've done them. Wendy and I right now are recording a series of casts where we review random resumes that people have sent in. We requested resumes. And over and over and over again, the sense I get is this person did not consider the impression that managers and recruiters and executives are looking for, which is what have you done and how well have you done it? And past performance is the best predictor of future performance. So obviously you've got to look at their resume, but managers ask a couple of questions from the resume and then they forget about it. And look, separate from knowing how to analyze one, and, and that was part of why we're doing the career tools cast, Wendy and I are, although we're going to add to that and, and talk to you in detail about how we analyze resumes and, and separate from knowing what questions to ask. Guys, you got to keep on file any resume of any person you hire or, for that matter, interview. 
a year later, some other manager could, in fact, be interviewing somebody that you've already interviewed and said no to. And if you said no to him and you care about that manager, you may want to say, hey, I remember that guy. He's got a problem. If you didn't find it, let me tell you what it is. Hmm. It's up to the other manager. He may, he or she may choose to hire that person. But you always hold on to those resumes. It may be that three months later, a job that you weren't hiring for is suddenly available. And the person who wasn't right for the job you're hiring for is now ready or could be good for that other job. And look, I mean, you may want to share a resume of somebody with everybody on the team once you hire them so that the team can know about the person's background and they can get credit for their background, right? The first day they get hired, they're a clean slate. It makes sense to say, boy, this person has five years experience at a CPA firm. They've got a, a certification. They've got this. They've got that. It, it adds credibility in a language that people already on the team understand. So you got to look at them when you're interviewing and you got to hold on to them too. And obviously if we're holding on to them, a lot of these other points that we're going to talk about become moot, but so many managers don't hold on to them. We've got to cover them anyway. All good points. Let's talk about succession planning. Cause you know, when an organization does succession planning at senior levels, rest assured folks that execs are looking at folks' resumes and boy, as a manager, wouldn't you want to be doing the same thing? I think one of the big problems, and, and I know that our friend Marshall Goldsmith doesn't call it succession planning. He calls it succession development, I think. I think there's a real danger that many of us, and I agree, it was certainly true for me, that succession planning was, ha- was something that happened at levels above me. Uh, we're also doing a series now on succession planning, and, and, and um, I think managers just think somebody else is going to do that. And the idea of looking at a resume is foreign enough. The combination of that with, oh, other people do that. Managers don't look at it. But folks, we need to know of what, be reminded of nothing else, what else our folks have done. If you're managing folks who've had jobs at your firm before their present one, you need to know what those jobs are. And by the way, if you worked for a buddy of yours, you sh- don't just believe what your buddy says. You probably have a different way of developing people. You may want to know something they did that your buddy doesn't think is that big a deal, but in fact may be a big deal. Maybe they have relationships elsewhere, okay? Maybe they have skills that are going to become valuable in the next couple of years as your industry changes, even if they haven't been using them lately. But you can't know those things until you've looked at their resume. What about promotions? I, you know, I think a, a, a lot of folks miss this. You know? I mean, promotions are rarely a slam dunk, right? And you're, you're oh, preparing yeah. a bunch of information, a packet, if you will, to give your boss so they can help you get the deal done. You're going to want to include a resume in there. I mean, wouldn't you? Yeah. And I think the big thing that people don't understand is that nobody talks about someone getting a promotion, generally speaking, until they're getting it. And so they think of it, therefore, myopically as, well, it was a slam dunk or I was the one. But it's never that easy. It's, I mean, there are positions to be taken. There are political decisions to be made. There are egos to be assuaged, all kinds of things. And if you're not preparing a packet to help your boss then you're not doing what you're supposed to do to help your folks. And if you're preparing that packet, then yeah, the resume would want to be in there. And maybe you circle something and you say, spent two years at a competitor who's really good in the area that we know is going to be really important in the next three to five years. Look, it goes even further. If for some reason you realize somebody's ready for a promotion 
or you think they should be, and you want to put them up for it, and you realize that their resume should be part of the packet, and their, their resume wouldn't hold up well, folks, you need to help them make it look as good as you possibly can. Because your ability to get somebody promoted is part of your ability as a manager. It's one of the ways you're evaluated as a manager, and, even, and much more so as an executive. So you need to help your directs look good, and that includes making their paperwork look good. Yeah, and you need to make yourself look good, too, because your boss, rest assured, folks, your boss is evaluating you on how well you do at picking talent and recommending folks for promotion. And so if if you've decided you want to promote somebody, then you better lay out a case not only for their benefit, but for your benefit. Share with your boss all the information that you have at your disposal that led you to believe this person deserves a promotion. Yeah, and I think that... Uh, too many managers think, again, it's done at a higher level. I know I did when I was a frontline manager. Somebody else does that. But it's the managers who are experienced, who may also be at the frontline level, who are influencing. Maybe not making the decision. They're certainly not choosing, but they're influencing the decision. And you can do that as a manager, and that includes the resume. So we want to talk about the steel cage death match. We've talked about this before. Matter of fact, we did an entire cast on the steel cage death match. But here's another piece of information, another set of evidence that you can use to justify where you believe this person should be and the fact that they should still be part of the organization or they should get the promotion or whatever, right? It's data. Yeah, there's so much to do relative to steel cage death match. And, and I think too many managers think I'm going to go into this meeting and we're going to talk rather than the smart managers know. I'm not going into that meeting until I'm ready. And readiness means, as you say, data. Um, you've got to be able to cite experience of your directs beyond what they've done for you recently, as an example. And you don't know that if you haven't looked at the resume. Maybe they worked a renowned firm. Maybe they did something a couple of years ago here or there, like I said before, that is going to become more valuable. Maybe they've been through a difficult time somewhere else. Maybe they've been through a layoff. Maybe they've been through a, a, a couple of downturns and they know what it's like and they're mature. Maybe they have certain industry experience why wouldn't you want to know that and consider communicating things like that that would help their case in terms of defending their position? You would, right? Nobody else is going to do this, guys. And if you're going to do it, if you're the one that does it, you're going to win more of those battles for people that are on the bubble. There are certainly some people in every steel cage death match or every layoff or every downsizing or every firing, whatever, that are not exempt but are unlikely because of their performance to be a problem. There are probably people at the other end of the spectrum that people think, yeah, it's going to be hard to keep that guy. The battle you want is for the people in the middle. And to some degree, there's also a battle for the people at top who are doing really well in terms of what role they end up in when the organization gets leaned out, because sometimes roles open up. But it's that group in the middle. And the more information you have, the more case you can be made. Now, it may not be that you pass their resume around, but you could say, based on looking at the resume, he did this, he did this, he did this, he's been here, he's done that, he's got this, he did that. And other managers are going, oh. And when they say, oh, my guy's done that too, that doesn't hold any water at all compared to you as a manager who have looked at the resume and have data. Absolutely. Okay, so now let's get to our two last points, which were the points that you originally wanted to cover when you started looking at uh, writing this, this podcast. And the first one is the big mistake. Uh, one of your directs just made a huge mistake. One of those mistakes that if they did again, yeah. you'd have to consider firing them. I suggested this to a manager and the guy was, he was confounded. He couldn't, couldn't believe it. And then, then he realized, oh, that's genius. Um, if one of your directs makes a big mistake and you might have to fire him, make sure they know they've just put their job at risk by mentioning their resume. 
That's what will do it. That will, that will cut through all of the fear, the uncertainty. What is he saying? I don't know. Blah, blah, blah. So on. I've done it five or 10 times in my career and it absolutely gets people's attention. So examples. Let's say I was talking to Mike. I would say, let me be clear, Mike, do that again. And you'll need a resume to make your next career move. There's no doubt. And, and now look, guys, some of you are saying, ooh, that's a threat. No, that's a promise. We, we, managers don't threaten. But if you know that a person who does it again will get fired because you're the one that will fire him, but you don't tell him or her that, is that somehow beneficial to you or to them to hold that in reserve? Yeah, they didn't get their feelings hurt yet. <laughs> yet they didn't yeah. have a job a month later. And this is particularly true for those of you managers who, who work hard at developing relationships. And you t- say to your people, I love you, I care about you, want you to be successful, blah, 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 blah. For some people, they've never had that before in their professional or personal life. And they think you're buddies. And they think he would never fire me. But that's not true because there are some things that we're obligated to fire people for if, in fact, they do them once, let alone twice. You might say, look, Mike, I never would have expected you to do, to do that. Never. Since you have, let me make something really, really clear. Have your resume ready before you do that again. Now, there are going to be other people saying, my gosh, why aren't you giving them feedback? Because, guys, feedback is not the only tool we have in our box. Feedback is the one that eliminates so many other problems. Feedback is what you do for small corrections to keep you from being in the ditch. But if somebody's going straight down the middle of the road and doing wonderful and suddenly magically transport themselves into the muck at the bottom of the ditch and you have to get them out of the ditch, don't suggest they can drive along in the ditch for a while. Grab them out of the ditch, hold them up in front of your face, shake them by the scruff of the neck and say, don't do that again or you won't be in my ditch anymore. I'll fire you and I'll miss you, but I'll fire you. Again, on the threat thing. If you're going to tell me that we're threatening somebody, I'm going to say, no, I'm promising, but I want my directs to know. I'm not going to be at all unclear about this. In times of crisis, clarity is to be appreciated. It's to be honored. It's to be striven for. Okay. So don't mess it. If somebody does something egregious, two of which would get them fired, you've got to tell them that'll get you fired. And and by the way, it comes across differently. Say, do that again and I'll fire you. As opposed to say, do that again, you need a resume. Because yeah. some bosses joke about firing, right? But they don't joke about resumes. Well, let's talk about something that's that's closely related, though not quite the, the category of they did something, and if they do it again, you'll have to fire them. Let's talk about late-stage coaching. Yeah, some directs, when you're coaching them, really appreciate the attention, and they don't understand, even when we think we've been crystal clear about the dangers of weak performance, okay, that their job is at risk. They don't understand it. My boss is working with me. I mean, clearly what I know about bosses is the only time my job is at risk is when they pull away from me, when they ignore me, when they, when they put me in a corner and leave me alone. Okay. Most of you would probably feel the same way. If your boss is working with you, trying to improve you, isn't it possible that some people in that situation will think that their boss would not fire them? Right. It's true. Folks, believe us. It's true. Some directs think there are two types of bosses, those that work with their people and those that don't and then fire them. Hmm. But a manager tools manager not only works with his or her people, but also fires them if, in fact, after a long effort, best effort of the manager, the direct clearly cannot improve and the manager's responsibility is the organization and not to the individual. And it's easy. I said this at the start of the show. It's easy to maintain some cognitive dissonance when the consequences of your, the the failure of your efforts are so severe. 
people don't want to think about that. They don't want to think about the risks to their family or their embarrassment to their spouse or their kids or the, the loss of their house or anything if they get fired. And so they ignore it and they build a mental construct which says that won't happen. And because you're working with them and because they only know bosses who would work with people because those bosses will say essentially, essentially are saying, I'm going to keep you no matter what. They can't imagine that you would actually pull the trigger, but you would. So if you're coaching with a direct and you're within 90 days of believing they're not going to make it, it's time to be clear with them about the consequences of failing to improve. Now we did this in the late stage coaching cast. We said, look, if you don't improve, I'm going to have to fire you. But you can also say, Bob, this is the last go round. I want you to succeed, but you may not. It is time now for you to start getting your resume ready. Okay. Or Robert, if this improvement process doesn't work, we're in the last 90 days, you're going to need your resume. It will take you 90 days to get your resume together. Best for you to start thinking about your resume now. Now, if you want to add to that, I'm sorry to have to bring that up, but I don't want to fire you and know 90 days ago that this was a distinct, had become a distinct possibility and not have you have time to get your resume together. Yeah. They might be upset then, but they'll be uh, a lot less upset with you when they have the resume, when they need it. Yeah. Yeah. And okay, fine. Hate me, but <laughs> improve or be ready for the transition and don't, don't not be ready for the transition because I didn't say something as simple as you may need your resume. You understand that? Okay. I talked to a spouse of one of my directs once, and she had not one single clue that these kind of conversations were happening at work. And mm -hmm. I was, I was hated by my direct. And then later I was thanked and I'm not a perfect manager by any stretch, but I think if any of you listening were my boss and I was struggling that bad and you knew within 90 days, you might have to fire me. Isn't it courteous? Isn't it professional? Isn't it caring to say to me, Mark, you need to start working on your resume. It'll take you about 90 days. And if your behavior doesn't change and it hasn't changed in the last six months, you're going to need it. And I don't want you to suddenly scramble around and do a poor one and then have an awful transition. There are places you can work. There are jobs you can do. Not this one based on your performance. You need to change your behavior. And one of those things is get your resume ready. And that's it. So interviewing, succession planning, promotion, our favorite steel cage death match. And obviously the two big ones at the end, if somebody makes a big mistake or if they're in late stage coaching, look, we're not responsible for managing our direct careers anymore, guys. We're not. And that's good because people will manage their own careers better than their organizations will. And it makes, by the way, it makes careers more flexible and uh, it makes organizations better if people move between them. But even though we're not managing the careers, that doesn't mean we don't play a huge role in their careers. There are times when it matters and when it does, when career transitions loom, the resume matters. And it's appropriate to talk about it when it matters. There you go. Thanks, my friend. You bet, partner. All right. We'll see you. Thanks, everyone. That's it. We'll see you next week. Have a great one.